0: And welcome to everyone. It's great to be able to gather together, to be able to sing God's praise, to celebrate as a family the wonderful gift of Jesus Christ, our Savior. But, you know, I have to confess, sometimes you get caught up in so many things, you kind of lose the wonder. Um, Last month... I was in Niagara Falls attending the Fellowship National Conference. Somebody asked me, so how was the falls? Or did you go to see the falls? And I had to, I was really embarrassed. I had to tell the person who asked me, yeah, sorry, I I actually didn't go to the falls. I was quite happy to be in my room sleeping and didn't go to Niagara Falls. If you're wondering what's wrong with RJ, well, I've seen it. So many times. <laughs> I've lost the wonder. And I wonder if we, we miss or we, we struggle because, like me, I've, I've grown up in church. So Christmas is something that happens every year. And maybe we don't quite share the excitement of the angels. Jana read for us the song of the angels. Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. And you can hear their wonder at the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, our Savior. And that wonder and excitement is appropriate because it's the greatest news of all time. And I think This story actually calls us to join the angels in awe, adoration, and amazement. Because first of all, it it tells us, be amazed. God loves ordinary people. Now, we shouldn't be surprised that the angels announced Jesus' birth. After all, we're talking about the Son of God, the creator of heaven and earth, the Lord of the universe, being made flesh. So angels should rightly announce him. What is surprising though, is who got the news. See, the angels didn't go to Rome to announce it to Caesar. Neither did did the angels go to Jerusalem to announce it to Herod or to the chief priests. Instead, The angels announced the news to shepherds out in a field. And you may wonder, so what's the big deal about shepherds? Well, in that culture, shepherds were actually unreliable people. Shepherds were considered dumb, useless, so that, no offense to the people who raise sheep. But in that culture, shepherds were not even allowed to testify in court. Because they were considered unreliable. They were less than ordinary. And yet that's God. He chose us the lowly things of the world and the despised things and the things that are not. The wonder of Christmas is that God cares for ordinary people like you and me. And in fact, God is so concerned for the marginalized and broken, he became a human being for us and for our salvation. Imagine that. In fact, that gives us another reason to be amazed. Isn't it amazing that God, the Lord of the universe, humbled himself in order to save people like you and me? Even more astonishing than the angel's audience is the message they bring. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. It tells us that God has kept His promise, a promise given centuries before that the Messiah would come. And this Messiah, amazingly, It's not just a human being. He is God himself, incarnate, made flesh. See, the awesome reality behind Christmas is that God has come to save his people. And he didn't come as Iron Man or Superman or Black Adam, thankfully. He came by becoming a fully human being. Imagine the infinite eternal God entering time to endure the limitations of being like one of his creatures while still being God. And he wasn't even born to rich or noble parents. The Lord of the universe was born to a carpenter's wife, not even a general contractor, a carpenter. And Jesus was so ordinary. The angels told the shepherds they would know who he was. They would know they were seeing the right baby. Not when they saw him glowing or levitating or, I don't know, producing gold. But rather when they saw a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. sounds cute, but a manger is an animal's feeding trough. Your doggy dish, as it were. And the angel said, that's what would set apart this Savior and Lord. He would be wrapped in cloths, lying in a doggy dish. He didn't even have a crib when he was born. This is the amazing humility of God coming down to save us. See, we live in a world that measures greatness in bank balances, real estate portfolios, Instagram followers, and Facebook likes. So we, human beings, seek after power, recognition, and fame, believing that greatness means we can leverage our advantages to bend people to our own will. But God overturns all our expectations by displaying his greatness and glory in humble servanthood. Because this same Jesus, wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger, was born to die as a sacrifice on a Roman cross. He laid down his life on the cross to pay for our sins. So yes, let's be amazed and astounded. Because this same Jesus wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger, who came to die, brings the peace that we desperately need. We need to rejoice because this same Jesus brings genuine, lasting peace by his death and resurrection. That's why the angel sang, Glory to God in the highest heavens and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. Because by his resurrection, by his death, he has reconciled us to God through faith. By his resurrection, he has brought in the new creation. And when he returns, that new creation will be consummated. And there will be real peace. It's a peace that Isaiah pictures in this way. The wolf and the lamb will feed together. Imagine that. The wolf and the lamb eating together. The lion will eat straw like the ox, and dust will be the serpent's food. They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain, says the Lord. Can you imagine? A lion eating straw, a wolf lying down next to a lamb, and not thinking, I wonder how he tastes. but snuggling him. And it's such a great contest to the Roman Empire. See, the Romans boasted of their Pax Romana. Except the Pax Romana really was a ceasefire enforced by the fear of Roman might. It didn't bring harmonious relations among people. It could not, and never could, address the root of conflict. Our alienation from God that alienates us from one another. See, the, the main problem is we all want to be as God. Somebody made a joke. We all want a theocracy and we all want to be Theo. <laughs> we all want to be in control of our world. Deep down, we want to get what we want. Or as Woody Allen would famously say, the heart wants what the heart wants. And we can talk about win-win situations or solutions all we want, but deep down, what we want is my win to be greater than his win. So any compromise solution is only a temporary ceasefire. We need a Savior who will change more than our politics or our economics. We need a Savior who will transform our hearts, who will change our desires and our affections. And that's the amazing reality, why God became man, so that in dying and rising again for us, he might give us new hearts that delight in him. And that's exactly what Jesus accomplished. Now, you might be wondering, well, I just had a horrible drive coming in here. Somebody cut me off. And I look around me, the world is a horrible mess. What did Jesus accomplish? Well, it's not that Jesus failed. I think we need to recognize that the angel said, on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. See, peace is a gift that is received through faith. It's given to those who receive God's grace by putting their faith in Jesus. And you can't know God's peace unless you acknowledge Jesus as Lord and entrust yourself to him. But here's his promise. There is a time when Christ will return. And when he returns, all that is wrong will be made right. All that is sad will come untrue. He will come to make all things new. And those who trust in him will enjoy peace in all its fullness, for all eternity. And finally, with the angels, we will share their awe at what God has accomplished. And I hope that as we celebrate Christmas, as we think upon the wonder of our Savior being born, of the infinite, eternal God entering time, becoming a human being, and humbling himself even further to lay down his life for us. I hope, I trust, I pray that we will celebrate him in light of the hope that we have of being forever in his presence, of celebrating Emmanuel, not just in our hearts and in the church, but in his presence forever. And I hope we would demonstrate this peace that God has brought about reconciling us to himself and to one another, that we would demonstrate that peace to those around us so that they too might praise our God in wonder and awe at his glorious salvation. So let's stand and continue to celebrate our God.